Welcome to Spotlight by Gray Area, where our mission is to build a bigger and more united house music community around the world. We are constantly discovering new and exciting artists, festivals, and event brands to share their stories and music with all of you. Let there be more house. Hey there, this is Jonah with Gray Area. In this interview, you'll hear from Black Circle, a rising star from Switzerland poised to continue his breakout in 2021. Be sure to like this video and subscribe for more interviews like this. So for, for our, our listeners who, who don't know you by face, uh, I'm here today with AJ, uh, artist named Black Circle. Uh, AJ has really come up in the last couple of years. Um, you obviously did not start producing for the first time in 2019. So yeah. we'll get in, we'll get into the whole thing. Um, okay. First question I just want to start off with is, can you point to a time or just a, a moment maybe that you remember where you felt like you kind of fell in love with dance music or decided that pursuing music <laughs> production was for you? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I'm a, I'm a hip hop kid. I grew up with the whole uh, NW, NWA, uh, Tupac, Biggie, East West Coast uh, thing. And I got around 2005 in touch with dance music. And the first track I heard when, when me and my friends went out clubbing, there was this remix from Moose T that I've been all the time listening. And it got me, but I still was like totally against dance music at that time. It, it was hard for me because it was, I mean, of course, back in the days, hip hop was a big genre, you know, and and now dance music it it it, it became so big. And and the thing is that um, it was I got into it uh, yeah around 2005 and it started step by step sneaking, and uh, yeah around that time. Awesome. So, yeah, I, I, it's funny. I think I had a very similar experience, kind of being like deep into the hip hop and rap worlds and. Totally, I don't know what totally. it is. It's like some sometimes a lot of people have that where they they start out there and then transition. They um, start somewhere and end up totally in a different corner. But I mean that's life. <laughs> yeah. So uh, obviously, as you as you just mentioned, you know NWA was a big one for you. Outside of that, you know, do you remember what kind of music you were listening to as a as a kid and what was maybe playing in the house? Yeah, the thing is, I started with, with I mean, I'm from Switzerland and we had this uh, Swiss DJs here and I started to listen more to them, you know, because I didn't know all these big artists like Louis Vega and uh, Martin's Brothers and, you know, I didn't know them. So I, I, I started to listen to them and didn't have any clue of house music. Just I just like what they play and start to get interest about the music and that's how i got involved in this and uh, to be honest i i never followed artists i always followed the sound i always wanted to to know because i started before i started djing i started with producing music and i wanted to know how can i do a tone how do get how does the tone get out from from a synthesizer how do i bend the tone and just do my own 
melody and and yeah just these kind of things i don't i was not like into artists at that time yeah absolutely yeah. i mean i think especially i mean it's funny though because something like the guys you just mentioned like louis vega and the martinez brothers it, it kind of makes sense in terms of you transitioning later, from that yeah, hip-hop sound like, that came still later i mean yeah so i just i was really interested in the music to do by myself uh and just to create something that comes 100 from me you know and yeah it, i mean i'm doing that since 2008 i started with producing i mean with totally shitty programs you know like uh there was this uh, music maker on windows 95 <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and they had their it, there was a sequencer with a vst and just like that but i mean that's the first steps i i did you know how to learn producing and i didn't have a clue what is mastering what is midi didn't i didn't know anything so <laughs> Uh, it's, yeah. I mean, it's a journey and I think the world of music production is, is a very deep one and uh, there's definitely a lot of levels to it. I'm just curious, obviously, as you mentioned, you started producing first. Um, do you remember kind of when you were first introduced, it, uh, introduced to the art of DJing and do you have a memory of like the first time you ever played, whether it was a real show or just like for your friends? Yeah, well... As I mentioned before, uh, there was this uh, Swiss DJ, local DJ, and I mean, he was, he had a back like 10 years ago or even more, he had uh, his hype here in Switzerland and he heard some stuff that I did. I just put them out on YouTube. Um, uh, didn't even had a clue what is a label or, what, you know, and he heard that from somewhere and then he texted me on Facebook, I guess. And I went to his agency back in the days and he wanted, for me, it was a big thing. I mean, I was shaking when I w went there and I thought like, yes, I did it. <laughs> <laughs> He's inviting me and telling everyone and it's a big thing for me and, you know, totally buzzing. And when I was, when I went there, um, yeah, he, he offered me stuff and, you know, I'm going to make you big and this and that. And he gave me the first gigs actually then. And uh, I think my first gig, I totally fucked it up <laughs> because uh, I didn't know what is a CDJ. I just went there and the mix was terrible. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, yeah, that's the first experience I had. <laughs> and it was that's a real really club. It was a real club. I was... Uh, I had my vinyls with me, but I just wanted to, to to look good and cool, you know, put my seed in and try to mix with vinyl and with CD and everything what the big DJs did. I wanted to do the same, but totally screw it. <laughs> Man, that's funny. I know it, it, it can be tough too, because when you're starting out, like the CDJs, you know, are obviously kind of the industry standard, but as any you know if, if you just do a quick google it's like they're really expensive and so it can be hard uh -huh. to like learn how to use them um exactly. if you you know if you don't know anyone who owns them <laughs> uh i'm just curious you know as someone who you know obviously your current project has started more recently uh, i'm not sure exactly you know how much you've toured under that name but i was just yeah. wondering if there are any 
venues or festivals that to you are just very iconic that you would love to play? Well, I've played at uh, in Romania. There is this festival called Never See Festival. It was huge. And I've played there with Black Coffee, Tale of Us, uh, many other... They, they had so many stages with uh, also pop artists uh, like uh, Sean Paul and Lost Frequencies and stuff like that, you know. And uh, yeah, that was definitely one of, of one for the books was a great experience. And but, you know, sometimes I mean, I, I've also played uh, on on private parties and uh, in a big villa, you know, with uh, Matthias Tanzmann. And to be honest, that that was something like very special to me. It was like something that I want to forget again, because, it, you know, you're it's it's more private. You're you're with friends, with your people. And yeah, that experience was great. <laughs> no, absolutely. I think uh, the... Because you know, because when you, I mean, when I played first time at this huge festival, I was kind of nervous and looking back to my manager was with me and I was look, looking back to him. Shit, am I going, am I going to do it right? And he was like, always thumbs up. Yeah, yeah, just do your thing. <laughs> and I was pissing myself in front of thousands of people. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. I, I It's funny because I think the, uh, the whole like, private show at the villa thing has become a bit of a like internet phenomenon where you, you know, you have these guys like black coffee or Solomon who exactly. there's always videos of them playing these shows. And I think like it's every electronic music fans dream, you know, to be at one of these things, um, exactly. yeah. you know, just kind of looking back, uh, you know, for those that don't know, essentially, I think in about 2019, um, you started, you, what is now your current project, you know, the black circle project, but exactly. I'm just wondering, as you alluded to, obviously, you know, you kind of first picked up this music in 2005 and you started producing in 2008. Um, exactly. Well, I'm wondering if you could just tell me a little bit about, yeah. you know, what kind of music you were making then. It, it was, uh, it was actually always an up and down. I worked for many uh, artists, international DJs and well, back in the days, before Black Circle. And for me, I just wanted to get the chance to get out. I wanted I, I wanted the chance to to show the people what I can do and just uh, show them what I love to do. And it was hard to be honest, because I mean, <clears throat> I didn't have any contacts. Even if I was working with those people, it was not really that what I wanted, you know, but somehow you have to get into it. And it was for me, it was also life of school, you know, because the whole experience I've did with, with these people um, was, was a good lesson in a positive way, of course. And um, I was doing a lot of pop music, electronic, pop electronic, uh, different different kind of music deep house uh, house music and uh, and that's how i got in, involved into this and uh until uh 2019 as i said before it was an up and down uh once i stopped with music because of many problems i had 
and uh, also the mo motivation. I, I was not motivated taxing every labels, uh, taxing the labels, and uh, yeah, just just to wait for an answer. It was for me, ah, uh, you know, producing. It was like producing for nothing. Well, not for nothing, but in a way, it was for nothing because if there is nobody that can hear your music, you know. So for me, it was very hard, and uh, yeah, it's I couldn't. How how should I tell you? I couldn't. Uh, it was not reachable for me, you know, and that's why I stopped for five years before I uh, went back to black. Before I uh, did Black Circle, and after five years. Um, I mean, I was working at the airport. I had a regular job, had my ex-girlfriend um, at that time. She didn't like my music. Uh, well, not my music, but she didn't like uh, me with the idea of DJing, you know, and that's the thing. So uh, I had to do something because I wasn't happy. I wasn't happy at all with my life and I had to do a big change. I mean, I come from a culture which... It's it's not a, that is not accepted. I mean, well, now it's different. But before, I mean, my parents they wanted me to go get a regular job, be a doctor or a lawyer, you know. And yeah, I I, I knew since day one what I wanted to do, but didn't have the support. And after that, when I quit with everything, it was it came that day when I said like, hey. It's enough. It's enough. I'm not happy. I want to be happy again. I want to do music again. And uh, yeah. And in that time, it's funny that my friend, which is my manager now, uh, he came and asked me, hey, uh, if you want, you should do music again. Uh, I'm going to uh, manage you. And I knew that he's been also in the scene. And um, yeah, so that was a. Uh, one chance opportunity for me. Absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, it, your, your background is super interesting. And I think that story is, is really great because, well, obviously it was tough and challenging for you at points, but you know, you're, it's like, you're working on this thing that you want to love, but you're not able to create the music that really matters to you. Yeah, I mean, didn't have any, any budget. I didn't have the money to, to, to build my own studio. So I had to go to other people's studio, but in the same time I had to do my stuff and their stuff. And yeah, as simple as it is, if you don't produce for them, you cannot use the studio, you know? So it was like in a trap. So, but as I said before, it was a good experience, a good lesson. It helped me a lot. And um, yeah, I mean, I didn't study music. I did. I learned everything by myself and, uh, yeah. Step awesome. By step. Well, you know, as you obviously said, you know, you thank, thankfully you decided to start this black circle project. And, uh, it's, it's interesting because, you know, if you just, if you don't have the background, uh, it's kind of like, who's this guy making like really complex Absolutely. music immediately. Absolutely. And then obviously now, you know, we know like, you've been, you've been producing for, you know, years. So you obviously have, you know, a lot of experience in it. Uh, I'm just curious, um, especially some of the earlier stuff you put out, whether it was like autumn or foolish kind of in the first yeah. half of 2019, you know, both of these tracks have this just like really 
amazing slow roll effect, you know, very melodic. It shows kind of that depth well, of knowledge on production. And I, I saw that you, you posted a picture in like 2018 of you on stage, like watching Steven Bodson. And so I, I was just curious, kind of who <laughs> was he, was he one of the main influences on you and what pushed you mm. to go in that direction? Um, yes and no, because I mean, I had a, yeah, I had a, I mean, Botson is a, a legend. Yeah. And, uh, and, but that time I was still trying to find myself, you know, I went to these gigs and watching the big DJs and artists and producers, what they were doing. And, but I have to tell you, it's at that time, I still, I knew I had the know-how to produce, but it was not, it was not completed. It was like 99%, you know? And even when I did the track Autumn, it it was not the quality I wanted. Because when you can hear when from from autumn until now, it's it's it gets always up, more up, up, and uh and after autumn when I did foolish from from foolish on, I think the the whole quality and my 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 uh sound. Uh, my sound, uh, how do you call it? My sound, uh, the whole sound changed, you know? So even, even my masterings, my mixings, they were, they got better and better. So, yeah, but I didn't, I, I didn't have a uh, specific, uh, uh, artist that, that I got influenced by. Um, it's just like, I just love the music and yeah just wanted to do my own thing you know and i also i'm not really into i don't follow any genre it's like of course the people know me more for afro this kind of afro house but as you can hear i did also uh, many other stuff with matthias tanzmann or yusef that is not afro house so i can produce almost everything i was i would like to do uh move uh background uh sound for movies that would be interesting <laughs> oh that would be awesome man i i, I mean it's funny you say that because to think, give it a try <laughs> yeah i mean i i i'm pretty sure uh dead mouse has gotten into that recently and you know it's like who else is better to do it than somebody who's already like making electronic music right but i think exactly. what you um, what you're saying about you know that development it's definitely something that i was hearing and you know, the response to your music almost immediately was pretty overwhelming. Um, you know, I, those tracks you put out in 2019, obviously the first ones, I think your reaction to them is kind of typical of, of most people I talk to where when, when artists look back at the first thing they put out, they're like, Oh, like, yeah. I don't even want to think about that. But, you know, you finish the year with this, like, Eli and Fur and Juno Deep remix, the Camel Fat remix. You know, you put a song out with Moon Harbor. What did it mean to you to just kind of have this sign off, you know, so quickly and validation? And, um, I couldn't even imagine in my dreams um, to get there. Um, I, I always talk to my friend, which is all the time with me in the studio, and which is important that I have him here because he gives me always this motivation and sometimes he gives me the right direction. Now I just do it like that. Maybe it's better, you know? And, 
And I was talking back to him and told him, bro, uh, imagine to do a track with Nick Fanciulli, for example. And he, he was always, because he's very, very realistic and he was like, yeah, it would be cool. And I mean, it, it was far away from my uh, imagination. And um, yeah, just it, it's it's i mean first time when when uh black coffee played foolish i mean i was jumping here in the studio <laughs> like crazy and i was happy and couldn't even believe it, believe it what happened and also nick when also nick fanciuli played the track and it were it was sorry it was something that i never thought it would happen so i mean i think it, it can be uh validating and you know a sign that you know what you're doing and the art you're putting out is respected um yeah yeah well when i saw nick fanciuli uh he even posted my track foolish on his instagram story and i saw that and uh the next one i saw him playing it in mexico so i texted him and just to say thank you for your support and he was like, uh, write one, write me one for saved. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and of course I did that. And the funny story is, so I'm going to tell you now how the whole thing came together with Matthias and Nick. And it's, it's actually a funny story. So, uh, I did this track journey after that for, for Nick Fanciuli. And, um, but I gave it first. There was this guy that that works for Black Coffee. He texted me during that time, and he was like, "Hey, if you have any new tracks, uh, just send over for Black Coffee." And of course, I did that. And before, like one month before Journey came out, or even earlier, I saw that he was playing it at his parties in Ibiza at High Club every saturday and this felt like oh my god what is happening you know <laughs> it was something that i mean couldn't even imagine so after that when the track when journey came out it went uh in less than a week uh number one in the beatport charts and uh couldn't believe it of course and after that I asked, no, then I saw the, you know, I, I saw that Matthias Tanzmann played also the track and I also texted him, which I never thought he would respond. Um, texted it, well, just to say thank you, you know. And then he was like, uh, yeah, just send me, send, me, uh, some, send me some of your stuff for Moon Harbor. And I was straight just asking him, hey, let's do one together. Of course, I didn't expect accept him to say yes and he was like let's do two together because i'm doing an also an album and i was like oh shit what is happening <laughs> <laughs> and all the time some some news came i was jumping like an idiot here in my studio and you know it it's that's the special moments it's like this process going slowly step by step up it was a it was a process that that i you won't forget and um yeah and but during the, I think I asked also Nick the same time to do a collaboration. And Nick was like, yeah, I, uh, he didn't say no, but he was like, I, I have, uh, I have some stuff going on now, maybe in September. And I was like, okay. And then 
the track which I did with Matthias went also number one on Beatport. And then Nick texted me. He was like, hey, let's get this doing. Uh, let's get it on. And yeah, I we did two tracks together, Leap of Fate and The Breakfast Club. What went also one, one and two. <laughs> and the, yeah, that was something that I, I mean, it, it's like you're dreaming and uh, hoping that you don't wake up. But it was real. So <laughs> crazy, really crazy. And that's how the whole uh, reaction came. I, I, I've got accepted from many good DJs and artists in the in the in the game. And also with with uh, Camel Fat. I mean, that's yeah, I really appreciate it, of course. And it's a big support um, for me. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, again, just like, you know, part of the reason why I love your story is uh, often it can be easy from a, a fan perspective or just, you know, from somebody who is also trying to break through to look at someone like you and be like, oh, he just started in 2019 and like it just exactly. all, it all happened. And it's like, no, yeah. exactly. You know, I mean, there's a decade of this. I mean, look, uh, the whole way is a, it has a lot of good moments, dramas, ups and downs. And um, of course, it's not easy for everyone. It's not easy in everything. What you do, if you want to reach something, it's not easy. You have to fight for it. And that's what I did. I went against anybody that that tried to stop me from the from doing what I love, even even with my family and I mean, I I'm good with my family now, but during that time, I, but of course I understand them that as I mentioned before, they, they want, they would just wanted the best for me, but just kept going. And yeah, it's not easy. And, and even with my best friend, which is all the time with me in the studio, he was like, when we started this uh, black circle, he was like, Hey, okay. You have a manager now. So do your music. You have to stay in the studio. I'm going to work for you. You just keep making music. I want you to make it. And that's what we did. I mean, I was 24-7 in the studio, stuck in the studio, slept in the studio, didn't get out. Uh, yeah, that's how it started. That's awesome, we, man. I mean, it was really from scratch. We didn't have anything. So no contacts, no studio. And just step by step making our own stuff. That's how it came up. So as, as you mentioned, obviously, you know, as you kind of got into uh, 2020, you had a couple of these big collabs with Matthias and with Nick Fantrulli. Uh, I'm just yeah. curious, you know, for someone like you, who obviously is, you know, an expert with the production side, what's the process like, or how is it different, you know, when you're working with somebody else versus just creating on your own? Um, well, first of all, um, I mean, if you have to, you have to click with this person, if you don't feel the person, I mean, I told Matthias, Nick, uh, and all these other guys, Hey, it's important for, I don't care who you are. It's for me. It's if you're, a, if you're a good person, I can work with you. I mean, it's not just about business, you know, if you're not on the same wave. So that's the first thing that should be, uh, it, in everything and um but it, it 
the same as as with Matthias or Nick Fanciulli. It's 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 that's why I love to work with them. It's uncomplicated and and we click together. I make something, send it back to Matthias or Nick or Andrea Oliva, and they send it back. And we there was not once when we said, "Ah, oh, I don't like that." It's we're pretty on the same wave, you know. And yeah, that's how we kept doing music. That's great. Um, you know, as you got a little further into 2020, um, one of the ones you mentioned earlier, the the Paris EP with Youssef, uh, you put out Runner, What For. Uh, I felt like just listening from my perspective, some of these tracks started to go a little bit more towards like that four on the floor sound, a little less like melodic and deep like some of your earlier yeah. stuff was. I'm curious, you know, was there something that you were hearing or, you know, what, what prompted kind of this change in your sound? Yeah. Mm, the thing is, as I said before that I don't, I, I'm not, I don't like to, to follow any genre and just to stick to this genre. I like to produce, well, of course you cannot, I, I wouldn't make now from Afro house to absolutely techno banging music, it, you know, but I mean, I like tech house. I like techno. I like Afro house. So I just wanted to, to make something that, and also to show the people, Hey, he's, he's not just into Afro house. He can do pretty much more. So yeah. And in the, in the end, I just do what I, what I like without getting influenced or, or sometimes I feel like making pop and yeah, that's what I do just for me or play piano or, you know? Um, yeah. When it comes to performing, obviously, I'm sure it's been a little while, but uh, when when you do have the opportunity to DJ, uh, is there kind of a style that you like to go in or does it just depend on, you know, where you're it's, playing it, and it, who's around it, it's, you? It's a mix. It's a mix between Afro House and Tech House. Yeah, it's pretty much forward sound and yeah, something like that. Nice. Well, I, as I uh, as I mentioned earlier, obviously just had the opportunity to talk to Dan with Moon Harbor. Um, yeah. You put you put a lot of music out with them in 2020. I don't know if it was like four or five different releases, but you know, a handful. I was wondering if you could just tell us about your relationship with that team. Obviously, you know, Matthias, as you mentioned, but I mean, what yeah. is it about that label that you know has allowed you to just kind of make it a home? Yeah, I mean, Matthias. Uh when I started to meet Matthias, um, it's it's crazy because uh, first we started to co collaborate together and now we became really good friends together. I mean, he calls me every time he comes here to Zurich and he's like every second week in Zurich <laughs> and calls me, hey, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, <laughs> well, again here. And uh, I mean, it's a, I love the guys. They're, they're amazing and, uh, I mean, it's a big honor also to work with with such great people. And uh, yeah, Mat Matthias, I mean, he he's he's such a funny guy, amazing. I mean, we've been uh, together. We played together in Ibiza. The, when was that? Last year? Yeah, it was a private party. And um, yeah, it's just it's just uh, amazing to work with with such great people, you know. And what can be better? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, as I was just going through all your stuff, uh, 
I think this year has been a little quiet for you on the release yeah. side. Um, if correct me if I'm wrong, but I I believe are you working on Absolutely. an album? So uh, what's 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 in the future for you here? Yeah, the thing is, uh, I started to work uh, on an album, but you know, I didn't want to rush about. And I just want to take my time and do uh, the right moves for my own album. But uh, in in the meantime, I also did. I have a lot of new collabs coming, also new tracks for myself. And there is one track. It, this is something that means a lot to me, and it's very special. I did with Nick Fanciulli. It's a kind of pop song, electronic indie UK dance, and uh, I I did that with Nick when we got in lockdown. We were supposed to we were uh, supposed to play in Miami, two thousand twenty. I feel like ten years, I'm, but it was last year. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, in March we were to play, uh, supposed to play there uh, at Wall Club together. And after that we got in lockdown, and there is this track which we started to do together. And he was like, "Bro, we need to make something that makes people happy because you know the whole scene got that shut down and." There was any perspective and yeah and then we did this track and and that's one of the tracks that i'm really looking forward but as i mentioned before uh also with andrea Oliva, there, uh, there there is a track coming with him i think in september we still have to look about the release but now for now it's september and yeah a lot of producing new tracks it's awesome um you know Going forward, obviously, as you mentioned, Matthias and Nick Fanchuli, outside of those two guys, is there anyone that you would just absolutely love to get into the studio with or, you know, play back to back with? I think uh, it would be uh, cool to be with who? Kind of music guys. They're amazing. I love them. I love their music. They are really good. Uh but of course, also I'm a, I'm also a huge fan of Calvin Harris. I mean, he's he's uh, he's a big musician to me, um, and I just love what he does. You know, and of course, it's totally he's more in the pop culture uh, involved. But still, I mean, I'm still a huge fan of him, and it would be definitely interesting to sit with him in the studio. Definitely. Yeah, man, his, I, I, I'm, you know, it's the same way where like, I feel like even if you're more into the underground stuff, like every Calvin Harris track still just like is really good. And his, uh, the lover generator stuff. You cannot complain about him. He is, uh, also Calvin Harris, Paul Wolford. I mean, they're great producers, Diplo. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So all of them are great. Definitely. And well, and also accepted in the whole business. Yeah. It's, it's really cool to see guys like that, you know, be able to do kind of side projects or go in different directions and people are, people are into it. Um, I'm curious, obviously, you know, you put music out with a, a handful of different labels, um, you know, obviously all really great ones. Uh, one of the things I think in the last few years that I've noticed is a lot of these labels or, kind of promoter brands have really been stepping their game up, you know, on the live event side, whether it's like the El Rose of the world or Circle Loco. Yeah. I'm curious, you know, for you, are there any labels or just kind of branded events that you'd love to be a part of? 
Well, uh, I'm a huge fan of Circle Loco. I just love the whole brand, the whole idea be, behind that. And uh, that would be something that that would uh, trigger me. So, um, of course, Circo Loco. Um, I really, uh, no, we didn't release it yet. The, the pop track that uh, I did with Nick, we signed that on uh, FFRR on Pete Talk's label. And uh, that was also something that I always wanted. They also do a lot of great music. And well, there are many, you know, that's also a thing that I, um, of course, I'm hunting the good labels, but, you know, it's like um, you have to, I have, I have to deliver first. Uh, it's, it's like a, it's like a, there are, it's like a stairs, you know, and you get up more up, up, up. And, and the more I, I deliver and the more is coming, you know, and, and that's how it also started. Yeah, man. It's, I mean, it's, it's a, just like a journey and it feels like, you know, I know, especially with someone like you, like, I'm sure this is going to lead to a really great successful career. Cause it seems like every time you achieve something, you're like, all right, now I need more. And you know, when you have that mentality, yeah, you get kind of addicted. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it makes sense. You always want to be no, taking it to the next in, level. In in the end. Um, I think, uh, as a, as a artist and producer, you should have just a, a bright horizon and not just have the tunnel vision and, yeah, and just do, I like to do cool stuff. Whatever is cool, I'm in, you know? And yeah, I, I mean, that's why I respect the big guys like Nick Fanciulli. I mean, let's be honest. He doesn't have to, he didn't have to work with me. I mean, he is on a level which he can say, okay, who's that? But that's what I appreciate. And I'm the same guy. If I see someone making great music, I would love to support him or do a track together, you know? And that's how it is. And that's how it should be in the whole scene. Definitely. I mean, I think it's part of the reason, obviously not everybody is like that, but you know, for the most part, yeah. the community kind of around electronic music is so strong. And, and even, you know, compared to other kinds of music, it's like the ability to be able to, the, I think the way, just the way that, you know, it works where when you're performing live, it's yeah, not yeah, this expectation right. of like, I only want to hear your songs and some of the best DJ sets are, you know, the ones where they're playing all stuff you've never heard. Um, yeah. I'm curious, you know, for you, as we're kind of finishing up here, you know, when you look forward on the live side of things, um, you know, in, in a perfect world, uh, do you have goals for kind of the live performance, whether it's, you know, a visual aspect or having a live aspect to your set yeah. or, you know, keeping it in terms of just doing DJ sets? Well, um, of course, DJing, just, just making music. And I mean, when I was a kid, when I started to make music, I always had this goal to once I want to go to the Grammys. <laughs> uh, this is something, yeah which which i really would like to achieve but it's it's a long journey till then maybe who knows maybe it's gonna happen tomorrow maybe <laughs> it's gonna happen in five or ten years but it's definitely not gonna happen uh when if you don't try it you know so yeah that would be something and of course just just make people happy with my music definitely 
Well, uh, the la- the last question I got for you is just uh, I just have to ask: Do you have any uh, plans to tour in the fall, and are we going to catch you in the states anytime soon? Yeah, uh, I'm planning. I mean, I'm planning now with with uh, Analog uh, for December. I'm gonna play at uh, Club Wall with Nick Fanciulli. Uh, it's during the Art Basel time. Mm-hmm. So definitely that time. And of course, maybe we have to fix the whole visa thing, you know, and, but definitely in the States, it's going to be, uh, I'm going to be there. Yeah. Pretty soon. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, we really look forward to having you here and, uh, thank you so much for taking the time today. This was really thank great. You for having um, me. Appreciate learning more about your career. It's an awesome story and, uh, really looking Thanks, forward man. to hearing more of your music. Thank you, too. (laughs) Awesome, man. All right, well, I'll let you go, okay? You have a good one. Thanks, you. Bye-bye.